Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. Welcome to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today's episode, Josh and I are going to be talking about Manchester by the Sea. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and sort of give a little synopsis and stuff about this movie. I think you're a little bit more in tune with it than I am. Well, I don't want to – it's a weird movie as far as like the way the story is told and like what you would want to reveal if you're just trying to give a synopsis. So I think what you can say and what is evident just from the trailers is that it's a a movie that's uh, written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan who – I've, who had written directed a couple previous movies or directed two previous movies, one called You Can Count On Me, which I did watch before I saw this one, another called Margaret, which got caught in like production hell for like four years. It had um, Anna Paquin and Mark Ruffalo and eventually came out and was like received pretty well. So people – and he's like a well-known playwright. And um, so this was his next project and it was produced by uh, Matt Damon and he had some friends help make sure – like Matt Damon make sure it actually got made – well, unlike Margaret, which like took forever because of that stuff, and uh, stars Casey Affleck, Kyle Chandler, Michelle Williams, and relative newcomer called Lucas Hedges, who plays Casey Affleck's nephew, and he's the son of Kyle Chandler, who dies from a heart condition, and they they have been living in a town called Manchester by the Sea in Massachusetts, and Kyle Chandler's younger brother Casey Affleck had been living in Boston, clearly a down on his luck guy, and when his son, when his uh, brother dies, he has to go back to Boston, which is or back to Manchester by the Sea, which is about like a like an hour away, and has to kind of settle the family's affairs and. Uh, unbeknownst to him he's now the legal guardian of his nephew and it's about just following them around as they deal with the aftermath of that and him figuring out what he's going to do with his life now because he's he'd clearly been in a dark place and probably not in the best position to take care of a 15 16 year old kid and now he's back and that's it's essentially the the movie and him dealing with a lot of his demons and figuring out what he's going to do with his nephew and it sounds uh in that the thing i'd say about it before i'll turn it over to you is that like sounds kind of depressing and boring but I, I really like this movie and it's not largely because yes it does go to some depressing and boring places but it's not totally depressing and boring like it has like lighter moments that are pretty mixed in and feel not forced and i'd say that's probably the most impressive thing about it yeah and before we sort of get into everything i, I don't think we need to do a spoiler section there's definitely something that can be spoiled i think uh we can just talk around it um and I think it sort of becomes evident when you watch the, watch the movie that there's sort of like an underlying uh, thing that happens that isn't really explained, and then it gets explained about what halfway through the movie or so. Yeah, but I, I actually would like to talk about it because that's like something I've actually been thinking a lot about and the way they went about revealing that and everything. So I mean, we can we can we can push it off to like really close to the end, but like I do actually want to get into that a little bit and the way they went about that storytelling. Okay. Um. But but yeah, I, you know, but we, it's definitely easy enough to talk around. So what 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 were your uh, what was your initial reaction to the film? Um, I actually didn't really find it boring at all. I thought it was a good movie. Um, it's a very white movie for sure, um, which is fine i guess but i i think that it uh i think that it also knows that and it sort of was written around that um i was super upset after i watched it when i heard that it was matt damon's idea uh movie because i fucking hate him 
I don't know if he's it was his his idea or he's a producer. I read it was his idea. The movie. Well, I mean, what you what I knew, I didn't know about that. I I mean, not sure how much it was him and how much it was Lonergan. But the one thing that I'm assuming you probably saw then, if you saw that, was that he was originally supposed to star in it and then had to drop out because he had to drop out because of a conflict. And that was one thing I was going to ask you was just like, what kind of movie is this if it has him instead of Casey Affleck, who gives so far my favorite male lead performance of the year? A hundred times worse. (laughs) Yeah. Easily. Uh, There's no way he could have convinced me or conveyed any of the feelings that that Casey does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um uh I I don't know, I think it's it's a good movie. It's it's really good. Um I just uh I don't know, I guess for a movie that is I guess we would both say is going to be up for the Oscars, I it just doesn't touch Moonlight for me and sort of that's sort of the bar I guess now for 2016 for there's no shame in that. Is this movie I mean, great? I, I just don't know that I would say this is a great movie. I think it's okay. a really good movie. I disagree. And I enjoyed but, okay. it. I just um, dude, Moonlight's a really fucking good movie. So like, I'm not gonna. I can't like. Uh, I can't like dock something for not touching Moonlight. I, I agree. It's Moonlight's a better movie too. I'm just saying like I thought this was released. There's still there's still room to be great and not be as good as Moonlight. And no, that's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I just it didn't get there for me. Okay. Well, well, why? Um, um, I don't know. I, honestly, I really didn't like the kid at all. I really okay. didn't like his acting, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit at some points. Um, I I much preferred Casey either being alone or reacting with other people or being around other people. Um, I thought he was really good, and you mentioned to me off off the podcast that it was your favorite male lead performance of the year, and I thought he was a little bit not as good as everyone was saying he was still really good but and then i look back at the all the movies i've seen this year and i really i really don't know who i would put in front of him and that's not a fault of his or anyone else's i just again i think this year it's just been kind of weak for movies overall and performances or lead performances at least um but uh i I really didn't like the kid and i think you felt otherwise actually uh, I mean, I, I like Casey better for sure. I, I like the kid. I like the kid. I didn't like think the kid was great. Like I thought Casey was great because, um, like I thought he had some good. Like I like the scenes with him and Casey. Like those are my favorite for the most part. Those are my favorite. Like the ones where the the, the more, not the where they tried to go like really intense with him and Casey. Like I didn't really like that stuff with the freezer. Um, yeah. I, I, I I did not I think, think that, that was, was particularly well done. That, that was one of my that was probably the weakest part of the film for me. It's like it's clear the kid's going through enough already. You're doing enough. Like I I think they were trying to like get get some extra tears out of the audience that like it didn't need to justify the movie didn't need to justify its existence. Um, and that this I was like I think the kid. I, I mean I personally think he's good, but like that's. Like to make a kid to ask the actor to go there when it, I don't think it was necessarily like a really necessary, like a really, I just, I just, it felt a little out of place with the rest of the story and the way the kid was coping. And it felt like really like a, a little bit out of a wackier movie than this one. Um, and I know, I know it sounds weird to say the freezer thing, but uh, um, I, I mean, <laughs> you'll know you'll know when you see the movie if you go see the movie which i think we both recommend that people do but i i liked him but i just thought that maybe they asked him to go beyond where he was capable of going and where probably a lot of other actors would have been capable of going because it was just a really weird story point (laughs) yeah you mentioned the coping and and i don't know that was a kind of a weird point of contention for me because i didn't really feel i don't i don't know i guess you know obviously i guess thankfully i haven't been in this situation i just don't know how I would cope, and that sort of didn't really seem to me as like uh, I guess an experience that I would have predicted for him. But at the same time, 
I guess if you know that your father's sick all your life, right, and you're sort of um, – he was already yeah i guess he was kind of ready for it yeah well you're sort bit. of ready for it to a point i mean of course when it happens you're not ready but like uh and, I, I don't know it was it was just interesting to me and and i know everyone's praising the the comedy and and how it like sort of mimics real life etc i just um uh, least, yeah i've never least, i've never experienced loss either so it's hard to say you know some of the bits with the kid just were a little too um i i don't know i guess fictional is a, is a word like relative to the reality of the rest of the movie for me well, I mean, I, luckily I've never lost a parent, but I mean, it's also hard to say because like we saw some scenes from like when the kid was little, but we didn't actually ever see him inter. We didn't see the adult actor interacting with Kyle Chandler. I'm pretty sure, did we? No. Um, so it's hard to say. Like maybe I mean like who knows what their relationship was like already? I mean, it could have been strained with the whole thing with his mom and everything, and that combined with the fact that he was a little ready for it, maybe that could explain why he didn't seem a little more broken up about his dad dying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I did laugh at the stuff with him and Casey, and it's like I, like I said, I've, I've never like I, I'm very lucky. I have all four of my grandparents still. I have both my parents and all my like I, the closest the closest family member I've ever had die is like one of my parents' cousins. So I, I just don't exactly know what it's like to go through in that situation. So I couldn't like I couldn't look at something and say like that's not realistic because I, I just don't know. Um, but I know, like, I know this stuff made me laugh. So like, and I didn't, like, it didn't, it, at least even if it wasn't actually, even if it wasn't realistic, I, I just don't know, but like, it didn't feel totally out of place either at the same time, which is why maybe it worked for me better than it worked for you. Yeah. And I, I liked the scenes with them that, that weren't as intense as you were saying before, like when he was like, Oh, my girlfriend's staying over. And he was like, am I supposed to tell you to wear a condom? And it's like that, like, that's funny and, and believable. And that was like the sort of. Uh, faux parenting aspect thing that that really worked for me uh but some of the other stuff was was uh i don't know maybe a little bit forced or a little bit weird like you said when they try to get really intense about it um but i mean it's it's a good movie for sure and uh, it's not really i guess one of the things is it's not really relatable i guess for me personally just generally that like that kind of blue collar northeast um uh, cold, dry, little like town attitude, whatever. So I, I don't know. Maybe that was part of it, which is why it didn't really elevate itself to like top, top tier for me. I, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I maybe I've probably spent a little more time in my life in small New England towns than you, because I have two uncles that live up there. Um, but I haven't really ever been there for more than a more than a week at a time. But I mean, I mean, I. I, I don't I didn't but like I didn't really feel that alienated by this by the setting at all I mean I get I get what you're saying that it's not like I mean it's a pretty obviously not that diverse um and but I mean I I I just assume that's how those towns are and that's just no, where the yeah, guy for whatever yeah. reason decided to tell a story so um I mean it, it was a little weird it's like the like the idea that like Casey can just like go to random people and be like yo do you have any jobs like give me jobs give yeah, me like, jobs I guess like, sort of like the I guess working that, class like fishing environment yeah I mean, you know like, like that's not I, I guess something that, I, I grew up with i guess that's just how it is um and i mean like i i, I get i mean i am from a small town um so I, I get that vibe a little bit about how it's just like everyone knows what's going on with everyone to a certain extent and with something that with this the kind of stuff that had gone on with that family like i took i, I did get how like they would have been looked at the way he was looked at um and so that 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 felt real to me and um and and yeah i mean uh without like without talking without like we said without going into it too much like how do you feel like they they handled uh going about like 
revealing what 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 they did about his past. Did you like how they did that? Yeah, actually, at first I didn't really like how they were doing it, I think. Uh, maybe the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. But then as the movie goes along, you sort of understand, like, uh, he's going back there and things are triggering him. And that's why he's having these sort of flashbacks. And that allows the uh, director to take us there visually. And I actually really liked it once it, once the movie got going. How about if this had been told in chronological order instead of not flashbacks? Do you think it needed to be told that way? Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think that movies sold in chronological order sort of are fine with me. I almost prefer them a lot of times. Uh, it just depends because sometimes people try to get too cliche with flashback scenes or flash forward scenes or whatever it is. Um, but well, one, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all. Go ahead. I was just going to say one thing I don't like that it feels like a lot of movies do these days is they start like they Tarantino start and it, then, yeah. and not, not even totally Terrence because Tarantino, like at least like plays with the time a little more and jumps around a little more than what I was going to say, which is like, sometimes they'll just like start at point C and then go like, okay, 60, 60 days earlier, here we are. Yeah. It's like, I I don't, and when, when I don't necessarily think it adds a lot to the narrative to do something like that. And this, this wasn't exactly that, but I, I, that, that's the one thing I mainly said, I was maybe going to want to talk to you outside of the, in a spoiler section about was just like, does it, does it like, does it did because like i said a lot of times i don't think that enhances a movie at all and with this like i mean i I felt like maybe it would have like felt like it was taking a little too long to get to the point if you had just like told this movie in a straight chronological order type thing whereas here it's like your casey's performance is so good you know he's damaged and as long as they like eventually get to tell you why then then it'll feel satisfying you know I, i i've just been thinking about that a lot and it's like i usually don't like going too heavy on flashbacks i don't like um, just simply like telling you what ultimately happens from the get go, which it doesn't. Um, but like, I just, I just couldn't really figure out, like this was a u- unique in the way it went about its flashbacks, I'd say. And I just couldn't tell if it was like something that like, I, I really love the movie, but it's like, would I have liked it better if it had gone about that differently? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I think if they had done it chronologically, right, you would have had to have started with more scenes with Casey and Michelle Williams as like a family and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and like their marriage and things. But I think just having that one flashback scene with them when he gets home from fishing or whatever, um, I think that was super effective and really got across everything that you needed to know um, in order to sort of process the next flashback scene you have uh, with him and her when he's got all his friends in the basement and everything. Yeah, I I definitely think so. Like I thought that they – they uh they that that did like they 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 were very economical in it I yes there's is, is a, a way to put way it to where it's like they didn't like like yes there were a lot of them but it, like it wasn't i don't know like it, it felt like they they told you what they needed to tell you without like overdoing it at the same time yeah, if that makes sense of course it would have been cool to because i really liked the flashback scene when he when he gets home to the house and i think that was like a very well done scene both of them acting wise written wise just like the little things with toys on the ground um, uh, space heat or whatever else, right? I think it was just a pretty good scene, and it it really, like you said, it was economical. Everything that they needed in order to move the story forward and make you understand the next flashback scenes and the the you know the current period of time, I think it all worked perfectly. Right. Okay. And um, how did you feel? Huh. I think I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's anything else because I, I I don't I actually don't want to talk about the very end I do I, th- I do think that's worth a spoiler because I I'm, I'm I am interested in talking about exactly where how they decided to end it but I'm trying to think if there's any other any other stuff yeah, that's uh, cameo from worth Jimmy Cooper oh yeah I was I was gonna mention that uh that that, that I mean that was an I mean 
Yeah, I mean that was that was fine. I mean, like it was interesting. Like I, th- I think a movie like this can um, sometimes uh, like fall victim to maybe not doing enough world building and just focusing a little bit too much on the other people. And um, I think they did utilize the secondary characters pretty well. Um, you had the family friends that were obviously pretty involved, and then you had I mean made sense that you'd have other people trying to reach out to the kid. And I thought Jimmy Cooper did a fine job in his two scenes of <laughs> acting like acting like a guy like that might try to in that situation and um uh i mean who knows like obviously i mean I, I i honestly can't specifically remember what the kids said in those scenes but like he's jimmy cooper so like i remember being like oh jimmy cooper he's doing a good job i haven't seen that guy since like he was the chief of staff on the 24 miniseries <laughs> so good for good for him for somehow going from that to like getting in a movie that's going to be nominated for oscars yeah no <laughs> he was good i thought um most i guess all of the friends were pretty good of of the kid yeah did you know that was the girl from moonrise kingdom Which i didn't one? know that till the end the the, the first girlfriend that we meet the dark-haired um, one yeah 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 did it's the girl know, from moonrise did kingdom not know that yeah so he he's in moonrise kingdom too but he's not like the main kid i don't really remember any of the kids from moonrise kingdom yeah, but she's like yeah. she's like the main girl in moonrise kingdom and i was Got like it. oh that's interesting i hadn't really ever seen her in anything else besides that um but yeah I, like i thought yeah sorry go ahead the no, go stuff ahead. with him and having uh multiple girlfriends was kind of weird to me because um i i don't know it just i don't i don't know it was necessary to the story i guess but it was definitely interesting and it had some comic relief for sure um especially when casey's trying to have like beer or tea with with the lady um I did think that was funny. I also would have also been just as happy if they didn't have the second girlfriend and yeah, it had it just been just like kind of it was just kind of unnecessary or sort of like macho. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I didn't even think they were trying to portray the kid as macho. It was just kind of like uh, I, I mean, he was, I think I think they just want to be able to tell the jokes. It's like whatever. I mean, like I I get that maybe the kid, the kid was maybe a little uh, in over his head or whatever. But like I I also would have been fine if it had just been the first girlfriend and it was like it's kind of funny like her interacting with Casey and him not really knowing what to do about oh it. Like God. I I, I like that too. Dude. Yeah, oh he's God. like what the, he's like what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I thought that, I mean I thought that was funny and I would have rather just I mean I would have been just as fine having a couple other scenes like that as opposed to like the kid trying to have sex with the second girl and the mom interrupting them i mean like it was kind of funny but i i didn't i would have been just as happy if not more happy if it had just been like the first girlfriend because then you don't have to like like how many how many 15 year olds like actually have two girlfriends you know yeah and they're in a like a band and all this other shit and it was yeah it was funny though she's what she's like mr chandler i don't think patrick should hear this <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> like he just you know he knows his dad's gonna have a funeral so casey's like what like he, he knows he's already in a free in a freezer like whatever yeah <laughs> I, I yeah I, I enjoyed that um um what, what did you think about uh michelle williams um not a lot of screen time but i thought she made the most of it yeah it was actually i've been re-watching some like random movies on netflix while i um like have dinner or have lunch or something the last couple of weeks and i started making a list of uh like best scenes for when we do our end of the year podcast and i think that the scene uh, with him and her when they run Present. into each other is probably Oh, that's yeah, probably that's the best be on- scene and first or second best scene in any movie we've seen this year. Yeah, that's going to be on it for sure. Like they I mean to to have a scene that's that powerful without like actually having that many words is a testament to their acting. Uh, um, and yeah, and she was great in the flashback when they you know, when she was playing sick and all that and and just the little things at the at the church or whatever else. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that like ultimately she like might not have enough uh, screen time to get an Oscar nomination. But like initially when the movie came out, like some people thought she might just because like she's been nominated for three Oscars before. So it's like Oscar voters like like her and um, like and like I, I would prefer like someone get a little more screen time than that. But it's like she was good enough that like I wouldn't really be that upset about it, especially because there just haven't been that many good supporting female performances like i think female supporting performances and male lead performances have been like the two um thinnest this year as far you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um if that happens like good on her like that scene is good enough that like i couldn't complain it's just like how i feel about that scene at the end of the first third of moonlight like that's good enough that that seems like so good that like if marshall gets gets an oscar then i can't complain even though like he's not in that much of that movie um same same way right here and it's those are probably our both of our two favorite scenes of the year just based on how uh, what we've talked about so far and both so important to like the movie without like forcing anything it's just like so necessary and so well acted and so well written um so props to both barry and and kenneth lonergan for for those scenes because that that scene really pushed the movie uh to another place i think yeah, and I mean, someone like even like someone like, the, I mean, that just shows how good it was. Like the movie overall probably didn't even have the emotional impact on you that you were hoping that it would. Yet that one still did, which shows you like how good of a scene it is. That for someone who, like, you, you still like the movie, but like, you it didn't evoke the same powerful emotional response overall that it probably has in the mass viewing audiences from what you said. Yet that one still got through to you, which shows you how good of a scene it is. Yeah, I think I think I guess I wanted more of that sort of like. You know, this guy's broken. How is he feeling? Why is he broken? How does he deal with the brokenness? And they sort of dealt more with him coming back to uh, the town and his actual interactions. And I guess I sort of um, wanted a little bit more in terms of, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, you sort of, you get a lot more at the end, though, like when he's with the lawyer and when he talks to her and when he talks to Patrick at the end of the movie um but is I, it Pat, is it patrick or the family friend that he says i can't beat it to that's the one to patrick okay that, so that's like the other like really yeah, uh but he's talking to cj or cj wilson and, and his wife right before that when he's like crying or whatever gotcha right okay i couldn't remember that, that, that the, the actor's name cj wilson mm-hmm. george where, where do you know him from um, I don't know. I just know that's his name. I, I I didn't know the actor's name. I was just like, oh, I'm, I, I, he was one of the, he's like one of the he's he's a that guy. Like I'd seen that guy yeah. before. Well, he's like, in I could, like Demolition, right? Uh, which we saw. Um, he's in a couple other things. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, um, I don't really have a whole lot else to say other than like what I want to say in a little separate small section that we can do at the end. Is there anything else you want to add? No, no, I, I would just say Kyle Chandler is pretty good too. He's really only in flashback scenes, but um, uh, I think it was important that they sort of got a, a popular guy to do that, but also someone with like grit. And um, he was he was really good, um, and he helped the flashback scenes for sure. I just want to say, like, shout out to Kyle Chandler for, like, finding a way to, like, get in, like, <laughs> really good movies, even if he's never as, like, a big part, because he's, like, consistently been working on TV for the last 11 years, like, did, fri- or for the most part, like, did Friday Night Lights, and then made, like, a pilot about, like, Catholicism for Showtime that never got made, and then did freaking Bloodline for, I guess, three years now. Yeah, dude, he's been and in fucking everything, dude. He was so, like, fucking Carol. He was yeah, he's in, in Carol. He was in, he's in Super 8. So Super 8 was kind of like the one that like I think really like kicked off him like getting in these kind of movies. And then he did – you said Geralt. <laughs> Geralt. Yeah. Um, and Argo and Zero Dark Thirty. 
then like apparently he shot spectacular now for like one day like just he had one day to get off and he somehow got in like a random small movie like that where like miles teller only got paid like seven thousand dollars for spectacular now i listened to him (laughs) the other day like like they had no budget so i can only imagine kyle chandler didn't make that much more than that and he's like sure i'll go do do that and he kills it as the guy's dad and then he got in uh, like one of the best scenes in wolf of wall street Mm -hmm. with with leo and uh and carol and this so like i mean yeah, I think I mean it's just pretty, kind of funny how he like hasn't really had like a huge leading performance, but he's like found a way to like have like pivotal roles in like some of the best movies of the last like six years. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, power to him. He was good. Um, and you should have, and you should definitely watch Friday Night Lights. Like next next series, you decide to start from scratch. Like I think you'd like it. <laughs> I know I'm still boycotting, but it's on it's on my list. Don't worry. Um, so we're gonna take a break for spoilers, and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> are back talking spoilers for manchester by the sea josh why don't you go ahead and kick it off okay so i got i I touched on it a little bit earlier and um but yeah i was curious and talking a little bit more about just exactly how they unwound the story of this movie and i i the more i think about it like i'm i'm probably glad that they didn't tell it in chronological order but like i think uh, when did you know that like his kids had died because i think Uh, it's pretty i think when just when he started I think when he started walking back from the from the grocery store. Okay, I think I figured it out like even before that. Like I think I fa- I think I figured it out like at the first flashback scene because I was like they haven't mentioned his kids yet, and now we know he had three kids, and we know like some really serious shit happened. And he's talked. He already talked to Michelle Williams once on the phone, and didn't mention the kids at all. So I, I was like, they're probably gonna die. I didn't know how they were gonna die, but I'm like, they're probably dead. And I I don't think they really tried to hide that because like in the trailers they talked about like a massive tragedy that he had had and I'm like what what could this possibly be and we know the wife's alive you know like I so I I kind of put that together so like I just didn't know like I didn't know how like I had a friend on Facebook that that um that writes big just Facebook status reviews and he said that he'd already guessed how they were gonna die which I see I'm like I don't know how you knew how they were gonna die but like I thought that they like. I kind of figured that out, but that didn't really like ruin it for me. I was kind of curious, but I didn't know like I'm, I'm a, I know I'm a little uh, jumbled right now. <laughs> but I'm I'm just like I don't think that was supposed to be like a big shock that they died because he's like I think I don't think it was that hard to figure out. But like I had been thinking a lot about just in in general like how they told it and how they got to that point and his reactions and everything. And I think they handled that scene well enough that it didn't matter that I figured it out beforehand. But I was curious just like what how you thought they did deal with the aftermath of that yeah well, so i actually I, I actually never watched a trailer for the movie so oh, really? yeah i never watched okay. a trailer so i wasn't sure i i thought they might have died but at the same time i thought that they might have um maybe just like him and his wife were fighting a lot and the kids were with with her and it really hurt him so he didn't um nobody talked about it because like they showed the scene at the beginning where he's like really playful with Patrick and then some other scenes where him and Patrick are really getting along. So I thought at the same time, maybe like him just not having his kids anymore just killed him so much to the point where like, you know, it's really hard to deal, which I think you can also understand, right? If like you can't see your kids, if your wife divorces you or something like that. Right. Um, I, so I really wasn't even, uh, I, I really had no idea what was going to happen and I was sort of still learning how they were dealing with the, with the flashbacks and the triggers. So I, this is one of those movies where I really wasn't um, forward thinking as much as I usually do in, in some movies. 
Um, yeah, you're you're usually better about picking up on stuff like that than I am. I'm, yeah. I'm usually caught. I'm usually pretty caught off guard. The thing that I, um, I do think it, it what it, it did do that like you saw him like at first he almost tries to kill himself in yeah, the police station. That was a great scene too. It was just low key. Um, yeah, like, but you totally like you totally get why that would yeah, be someone's he, reaction in this exactly, moment. Exactly because he said, "Wait, I can I can just leave now." And it's like, yeah, he so thought he was like in jail. Think. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do with myself now? Like he was ready. Where do he's I probably, go? Like, he doesn't have a house. Yeah. Um, so like I, and then, but because like that was a totally like earned moment, like even him going for that gun is like crazy as that would be like, I totally understand why he would do that. But like, I think because in, in like, uh, Kyle Chandler, when he, when he goes out to Boston, like Kyle Chandler, like still thinks he might be suicidal, understandably so. Um, so he's like, like, you got to call me if I don't hear from you. Like you got, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go after you at that point. And I think because of that, like, I think the one thing the movie definitely could have done better for me, like I already mentioned the stuff with the, the chicken in the freezer, which I thought was kind of dumb. Like it made sense though, that he wanted to be there for the kid because he had kind of been in a place like that before where he's like, why well, I, I was going through some dark shit. Like this is the one, if there's anything I'm good for, it's helping him with this. And you could see him kind of want that. But like, I think that whole sequence with him in the bedroom with, um, with Patrick works better. If like they set that up better with something better than the freaking I don't want my dad in a freezer thing. Yeah. Like, because it, it was totally like they, they would have earned anything they wanted to as far as like Casey, any kind of lecture Casey wanted to give him. But it's like to get the kid to that place, like I just think you could have done something a little better, um, you know, and but that 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 was just that's like the one thing that comes to mind is like you could have you, you talked about how you maybe wanted like one more a couple more powerful scenes. And I think that would have been one that would have hit home for me better if it hadn't yeah. been about triggered by him seeing chicken in a freezer. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you can understand like the kid acting strong and acting tough and then suddenly just like having a realization and breaking down. Right. But mm -hmm. that that sort of breakdown of the way that they the way that they showed it and the way that they wrote it, it just it, it kind of is like. And it's hard, right? Because you don't want to say, "Oh, like well, that's stupid," because like the kid lost his dad, right? And you're, but at the same time, like you're watching a movie, and um, I don't know. At least for this podcast, like you know, we're going to be critical of some things. That's just sort of what makes it interesting. And I, I just agree. I, I really didn't. That whole like kind of five minutes was just like, Ugh, like okay, like we get it, because the, you can imagine that there would be a scene where Casey has to calm him down and talk to him and sort of like be there for him. But I, I, like you said, I think they could have done it better. No, I agree. And um, the the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I, I wish I'd been a little more coherent at the beginning of this part, because like it's hard to like explain like the flashbacks and stuff in this because they come at random points, which is fine. But it's like uh, hard to say like if you would have actually like rearranged it all. But like I think it works. Like I like I said, it, I wasn't like mad that I figured that out beforehand. Like I like I like I did watch a trailer for this. I'm surprised you hadn't seen a trailer just like going to the movies because um, like I mean I think I'd seen it in theaters a couple times too. But um, well, like I, think I the trailers came out like in the summertime, right? When because the movie's sort of been out for a while, just not wide. And I, I mean, just I, I just never I just never saw it to be honest. No, I mean that's good. I mean, like the stuff caught. Like, I mean, I I think just because of that, like I'd put together a couple more things in my head, and I've I've been do, avoiding trailers, but for whatever reason, I'm just like whatever. I'll watch this one, and um, well, like I think I would have had. Uh, I don't know. Like, it was just an interesting way to think about because, like I said, a lot of these movies that jump around in time, like I think, are shitty to begin with, and um, and do that for would do a lot. Just go through a lot of wasted emotion with that kind of thing. But this is already a movie that I really liked. 
And um, I'm just like, would I have actually liked it more if it had just been a little different? Because sometimes I don't like knowing too much. I'd rather just be surprised as opposed to like you telling me what the endpoint is. Like there is some value that can be had from just knowing what's coming. But if you tell in a really interesting way um, how you get there, then fine. Good. That's great. That's a good movie, whatever. But this one I was I, – I just been thinking about it a lot. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was like the ending. How did you – like it was obviously like – uh, I think I really liked how they ended it. Like, I think a lesser movie tries to just be too much of a crowd pleaser and just like finds a way to like have the two of them live happily ever after, which I don't think would have, that would have rang really, really false given all the shit that we're then told that Casey went through. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty appropriate how they just kind of like, they, le- they left kind of on good terms with each other, but it's like, they didn't make it like a total peachy. Yay. We're a happy two guys living together now yeah yeah i was i was honestly hoping that they wouldn't make it so casey was like you're right i'll stay in manchester and i'll do all this other stuff whatever whatever um i i thought that they were just gonna he was actually just gonna make the kid go to boston with him and um sort of just like tough shit but at the same time he sort of was just like very mature about it at the same time and he tried and going back to your your comments about the flashbacks, I think it was honestly just a lot of triggers, right? I think that's just mm-hmm. sort of what it was, and that's what I came to realize. And that's that really made it stronger when we had the flashbacks because it's like he's at this place in Manchester. He's looking at this window, looking at this, and seeing this. And this is what's making him think about his kids or his house or whatever. So I thought that was really well done. And But, but also because that stuff is so well done um, – and like there's a way in which like they the ending could just feel rushed and it's just like he gets he gets the hell out of town because of those triggers or whatever but like he he does a very good job of acting his way through those and the the the, the family friends whose names you can remember and i can't like they're there for him through some of that because they'd already said like oh yeah we, we don't want the kid we already got a bunch of kids and if they had just ended up with the kid without any explanation mm-hmm. then that would have just been like a little too like wait what you know and like there are ways in which movies do kind of skip over something like that but because like they are like the one people there they are like the main people he knows in the area and they're going to be there for him for some of that stuff like then they see what he is actually going through just by being there and because they know firsthand like um oh wow yeah this guy probably shouldn't be taking care of a kid it made sense at that point that they would kind of justify why they would change their mind you know yeah and it, it also makes sense that casey isn't like treating he's not like treating the kid like shit you know what i mean like he's sort of trying to make it so it works for all of them and he's sort of trying to see the kid's point of view with respect to his friends and hockey and all and you know having an established life there but at the same time he's still like trying to tack on take on this responsibility that he's been given sort of uh out of the blue i guess Mm -hmm. and and he's really struggling with it at the same time because we sort of forget that this movie takes place over like what like a week at first uh, even uh, like a couple days at first when he's just there doing the um trying to get all the affairs in order like most of the movie just takes place yeah, yeah, in that yeah. period of time and with the flashbacks um yeah. the, the one other thing that I was actually confused about at first was with the with the flashback scene with his kids I did not realize at first that it was the same night that all his friends were over until later on in the movie yeah I, 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 that, I guess that wasn't apparent until uh well, so I guess he when he's with the well, cops, right? Yeah, and he was telling them how like I had people yeah. over and I had cocaine and stuff. Because like, that, that that scene with the cops isn't until, um, oh, that's like a separate flashback from yeah. the fire. So like, yeah, I, I didn't totally that wasn't made totally clear at first, which is I mean whatever. I, they could have made that more clear, but, um, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, you're right. The, the other thing I wanted, we, I totally forgot to mention was, I mean, like, what do you think about the stuff with with um, with his mom and Matthew Broderick? And it was kind of stupid, honestly. Um, I, I get it, I guess, but um, I mean, there had to be some re- like they had to. I guess they needed to show like why the mom wasn't a viable option. Um, they, well, the only flat, the only scene she was in before that was at the hospital when she walked out. Right? They didn't even really. Ha- well, I guess the scene where she's naked on the couch too. Yeah, that's that. That was uh, uncomfortable. Um, just to watch the kid but have to yeah, see I don't that. Know. I I wasn't. You know, it wasn't the best writing I've ever seen, but it was fine. I just thought this Matthew Broderick was kind of weird, and and she was kind of weird, and I wasn't really sure what kind of tone they were going for when he was having lunch over there. I, and a, an uncomfortable one was that yeah. I think that was well, yeah, that was cheap. very apparent. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I think. I mean, I think like it made sense that like a mom like that that's trying to like kind of fake it a little bit as to how put together she is that's the kind of guy she would probably go end up with yeah. um, and they sort of cop out though because they don't let us finish that email from matthew broderick to the kid um and they're just like oh this is how he's not going to go with his mom because matthew broderick sent him an email and he closes his laptop um yeah yeah well, well the one thing that they could have done better like i wasn't actually totally sure like how he felt about his mom at that point yeah, i guess right? he yeah. i guess he didn't feel great but like he still because she was in like the next town like his life wouldn't be that much different if he just went to live with her even if he didn't like he he could tell that like things weren't really she wasn't totally straight in the head yet when he left their lunch i guess he's like look that i'd still rather do that than go to boston yeah uh, which kind of was kind of how i took that but uh but yeah, I mean, like, the, I guess, I, I mean, I don't know, like, the, the, there's more they could have done with them that would have made it any better. But I was like, I guess, like, you you leave it wondering, like, oh, you could have, they, they, whether it be through that email or through something else, like, I guess they could have done a little more just to show, like, exactly where he was with his mom in his head at that point. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So I think we had a good discussion about it, though, and and I think we both say go see it. It's it's one of the better movies of the year for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it should be wide release now, I think, as of last week, right? Yeah, I guess people will be listening to this like um, at a point where it should be everywhere. Like, I let, hopefully, hopefully, Rogue One doesn't like take away a bunch of screens from it. No, that was the other thing about this thing. Like, we should have talked about at the beginning was just like, I mean, like, I guess Rogue One is going to suck up a lot of like the box office everything when it comes out, and uh, La La Land's going to be new at that point when it comes out. But like, I am curious to see like what this ultimately does financial wise because it took you a long time just to see this. Like, I've been seeing stuff a little earlier than you recently, but like, you really made an effort to get to this one, and it took you like three days because like people were going to see it yeah it was sold um, out i couldn't i tried on a friday saturday sunday and <laughs> uh and I, all the screens were sold out except for like the front row which i was not gonna see no offense to the movie but yeah and i went the first friday was out at six o'clock to a six forty showing and it's like a reserved seat thing where you had to pick the seats and i had there was a one seat in like the second row from the from the screen and then one in the second to last row and i took the one in the second to last row and that was 40 minutes before so people are going to see this movie so like i think good well and that's a good thing like i, I we're encouraging everyone to see it but i was just worried like maybe it'll look a little it'll look a little too sad for people like i mean you like sad stuff and i'm <laughs> i like and i and, and i and, and like i i mean i like i like sad if it's good and so i was just worried that that might scare people away from what is a good movie but like people are going to see it so i'll be curious to see like how it stacks up like once like golden globe nominations will be out by the time people are listening to this and maybe that'll push a few more people to see it and everything but like uh, interesting that movie of this subject matter could end up doing pretty well financially yeah, and I really didn't think there was a lot of marketing for it, uh, at least in terms yeah, of... Yeah, if you, if you hadn't seen a trailer with as much as like you happen to watch trailers and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It didn't sound like you are actively avoiding it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it's a good movie. You should go see it. Um, 
You can find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at aclambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. And I'm at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. Podcast Twitter is 52in52pod, and podcast email is 52in52pod at gmail.com. Find us, tweet at us, tell us our podcast sucks, anything really. We just want to talk to you. Um, And thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.